Hey mamas, this is Ariana Evans and you are listening to I See You Mama, the podcast where we talk with other moms about the stuff that we like to talk about, whatever that is. If it's your kids, if it's your passion, if it's your job, if it's your spouse, if it's your uh, Netflix binge show that you're currently hooked on, guilty, guilty, Outlander, what, what? Um, <laughs> whatever that is, uh, that's what we talk about. Um, so uh, this is a particularly sort of, what's the good word? Tender topic? Um, it's a topic that tends to make people have big opinions and I wanted to talk about this particular topic for a long time. And that topic is speaking with our children about racism. Um, and I'm just going to preface that I grew up in the nineties and this was the colorblind era where you didn't talk about race and you didn't say anything about race. Just everybody was equal and everything was love and everything was all the things and we just didn't bring it up. And there's been a huge pushback on that in my adult life saying, no, 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 no. You teach kids all about, all about colors, all about differences, all about all the things that why, why is race taboo? Um, so that's been something that I've been personally working my way through as a parent, as a mom, um, and I really wanted to bring in a couple guests. So I have the first set of guests. I'm going to have a couple more um, as we continue to expand on this topic. Um, I'm going to have the the first couple of guests are Tiffany Acuff and Dorina Williamson. Um, Tiffany, you may have met or listened to in other podcasts uh, where she talks about her transracial adoption with her and her husband. Um, and Dorina Williamson is... This is this is how bad I am. Guys, I just sent out a blast. I was like, hey, guys, who wants to talk about this? And I got a response back from Tiffany. And she's like, and also you should talk to this lady. And I'm a slacker. And I didn't uh, do my due diligence and Google her because I was like, oh, OK, well, I yeah, just somebody who wants to talk about this. It's You don't have to have credentials, right? I don't. <laughs> Um, and so what ended up happening was I ended up, uh, meeting Dorina Williamson, who is an author, um, of children's books who's that specifically talk about introducing these hard topics to your kids, uh, racism, social economic difference, homelessness. It's just, it's beautiful. So I got the amazing gift of talking to Dorina Williamson and Tiffany Acuff, who for all <laughs> she could be her promoter that's how much she was excited about Darina being on the show anyway so I would love for you guys to um check out her work you can find it at dorinawilliamson.com uh and it's available everywhere it's available at Amazon it's available at Walmart it's available all the places so go check that out and then of course uh, if you haven't heard Tiffany Acuff's podcast episode before go back and check those out and I think you'll enjoy what we have to say. But then we're going to jump into this topic, this specific talk topic, which is talking about racism with our kids. And I have to preface that. Like, this is from my perspective. I'm a white middle-class mom with white middle-class children who go to a diverse school, but not as diverse as it used to be. And so topics, it's not like right up in our face. So that 
is a privilege I have that I don't have to address it every day. Dorina is a woman of color, and so she addresses it in a different way in her life. And Tiffany um, is, Af- no, she's not African. She's white Latina, and but she has transracial. She Because she adopted across racial lines, she has um, an African-American child and an Afro-Latina child. And so these are topics that they have to address in a different way because it's like right in their face uh, all the time, all the time. And, um, so I, this is in part, you know, my own education, my, the education of my kids, the, the things that I want to think about, the things that I want to talk about, the things that I want to pursue, the things that I want to, um, seek out in myself and say, is this really how best to love other people? Um, anyway, it's a little bit of a soapbox, but I just want to kind of preface this episode with, this is not the be all end all. I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the things. Um, Dorina has William has Dorina has wisdom. Tiffany has wisdom. And, um, man, I love to, I love to listen to what they have. So with a no no more, uh, preface, we're going to jump right into the episode. And I would really, really, really love to hear your feedback on this episode. Um, you look for me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's all I see you mama podcast. If you search for that, it'll pop up. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this and 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 what this topic is like for you in your house and how how you have kind of sorted through this or if you've never even thought about this, which I probably when I first started being a parent, it never would have crossed my mind because I was not in that world. I was not in that headspace yet. And um, you know, when you know better, you do better, right? Anyway, so leave me your thoughts, leave me your um, questions, your comments. I would love to hear about that. You can comment um, pretty much anywhere. But the way the way that I'll most see it is on one of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the big ones. So anyway, leave me your comments or you can email me. Yes, don't forget that. So my email is icumamapodcast at gmail.com. So the letter I, not like our eyeball, I-C-U-S-E-E-Y-O-U, p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com so email me and let me know your thoughts and yeah without further ado let's jump in with Darina Williamson and Tiffany Acuff as we discuss and talk about and expound upon talking about racism with our kids this is my guest Darina Williamson yes and Tiffany Acuff yes and Tiffany is my neighbor and Darina, do you live you live in town or out of town? I live in Franklin. So I'm okay. about 40 You're miles close. south. You're yep. close. I'm close. I am a neighbor as well. Yes, you are. Neighbor does not have to just be not proximity. proximity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I just found out this amazing thing. So I, this topic specifically was about, it, I wanted to talk about how to talk to kids about racism. Mm-hmm. And Tiffany, I was like, hey, do you know anybody who would want to come on my <laughs> podcast? Yes. She was like, yes, me and I'll bring a friend. And then I get here, and you get here, and I hear that you're this amazing author because oh. I should have done my due diligence and like Googled you. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! All no. the things. Can I brag on her a little bit? Well, when yes. you ask this question, and I, I mean, thank the Lord that I have a million people I can think of at this point, which right. I couldn't have said that I think right. at one point. Um, but one of my first thoughts always is Darina, and I think um, she is the first lady of Strong Tower, which is a church in, um, is it considered Nashville? It's Nashville. Okay, yeah. And for people um, who don't, don't know a lot about 
African American churches. First lady is the past the pastor's, the pastor's wife. wife. Sorry, you could Google that. Yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> the first lady. The first lady. Um, and it's a church I really respect and love and just adore. Um, and it's in Nashville too. Yes, the work that they're doing, the intentionality. Um, Chris, her husband, is an amazing pastor, preacher, um, and. I, I'm trying to think of when I first found out about you, Dorina. It might have been, she also leads um, Be the Bridge for a couple years, mm-hmm. several okay. years. Um, started the group in Nashville. And I said, who, who is this woman who is doing all the things? Because I found out about one of her first books and thought, you know, I'm constantly seeking books for my kids with um, intentional representation of yes. race and... Um, you know, that really touches on topics. And so I'm, I'm always searching, searching. And so yes. when I found her book, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm stalking this person now online. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who have not heard Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany has two other episodes that we did and specifically yes. about um, adopting children, transracial adoption. So yes. we talked a lot about that in the last, yeah. you should go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't sure. heard them. Um, so the, yeah. To be yeah. looking for representation for your kids in books, I yes. know, is really important to you. So important. So, so yeah. important. So And so, Darina, what I love about her, not only is she an author, but she also really helps promote um, women, uh, people of color, as authors. So, I just, I love it. I respect it. Everything she does. She's been a, an amazing friend to me. Um, and I just said, oh. This is the resource if you can get her. <laughs> <laughs> if she's there, so sweet. If you can get her. Well, that's quite an intro for you. Oh my gosh. Well, awesome. I'm honored. Yes. So honored because Tiffany is a mover and a shaker for the great things that God is doing, the good work that's yes. sometimes hard to see. And I've learned in this bridge building work that you have to know who your allies are, you have to yeah. know who your comrades are because right. it's. Um, it is a good work, but it's a fight, right. and uh, you've got to know who is fighting alongside of you, um, and maybe some of their calling and some of their um, areas that they're called to serve in are different than yours, but learning from people and supporting people is so important to me. So Tiffany has been, every time we spend time together, I leave encouraged, I leave with more information. She is the queen of networkers, and so I love, um, you know, following, um, you know, corner to corner and just the things that she posts, she keeps me abreast of of, of things that are going on, and um so I just, I feel like we have a sisterhood, yes. um, a kinship. Yeah. And, you know, in Black History Month, it's it's been super reflective for me to think about the history that I walk in, mm-hmm. um, to remember the sacrifices that um, black people, you know, that my ancestors made, um, despite all the things that they walked through. And one of the things that I'm always aware of is that it's always been in concert with other people, people who didn't look like us. Mm. And uh, God would bring um, a remnant along. And uh, and so mm. I, Tiffany is someone that I consider um, as that for me in my life and, and as fellow bridge builders. And so um, when Tiffany says, you should consider Darina, I'm like, well, whoever she's telling to consider me, I know they're good people because Tiffany's saying so. So well, <laughs> I'm grateful you. for the opportunity and glad yeah, that that's high praise we can too. be here together. Yes. So, 
just to give the listeners some information. So you were um, first lady, an author. You have three books. Correct. Yes. Um, well, come on. Thing. Pop back up. Um, three books. Colorful, graceful, thoughtful. Correct. You want to talk about each one of those? Sure. Little, sure. Little well, colorful was the first book, baby. And, and tell them where they can find them. So yeah, all be on the link. All but. three books can be ordered um, through Amazon, mm-hmm. um, Target.com, Lifeway.com, Walmart. Um, some areas of the country, not in your suburban areas, but in more urban areas, I've had people tell me they've seen my books in Walmart and Kroger, which is wow. like, oh, oh my oh gosh. <laughs> I had a cousin from D.C. say, I saw your books in Walmart, and I told everybody to buy them, and they bought all of them. And I was like, there yay for cousins who <laughs> market promote you, you. Exactly. promote you in Walmart. Um, but yes, available, um, available online and at some area Barnes and Nobles as well. Um, so yeah, Colorful is all about helping educate children and parents that we don't need to be colorblind. Mm. And, um, you know, being the first lady of a diverse church, we're in our 25th year now, and I have seen my fair share of mostly white families who think that the best approach to race is to teach their kids not to see color um, or to be colorblind. And I've Mm -hmm. heard it. And I've heard their articulation as to why they think that's important. So Colorful is a wonderful resource that says, actually, you don't teach your kids to be colorblind with anything except for skin color. And so let's talk about that. Let's unpack that. Mm-hmm. You celebrate color in fruits and vegetables when you want them to be healthy. Celebrate right. their colors and their mm-hmm. clothes um, all around them from the time they are forming words. So right. let's also teach them to celebrate the colors that God gave us and that intentional diversity. So yeah. it's really a celebration of, of all skin color, mm-hmm. um, which I think is foundationally important for kids. Yes. And for the adults that read too. <laughs> yes, so they are exactly. my... Well, teaching adults new language. Oh my gosh, because right? they need it. Because right. the grandparents, hello, exactly. need exactly. to learn this. So yes. So that's colorful. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. thoughtful um, is inspired by my nephew, Josiah, who mm-hmm. um, is gifted with Down syndrome. Okay. And he um, inspired a book where a boy with Down syndrome models how we should be full of kind thoughts and see the different gifts that all people have. And I wanted a child with a disability to be the, the lead, to be the one that's championed because yes. um, I have learned as a mom, as a first lady, that so often um, those kids are are not first, they're last. And I thought, you know, I want to switch this paradigm and I want to have that child be the hero that all the other kids look up to. Mm -hmm. So um, that one's been great for schools and just um, reinforcing those values that all humans Mm -hmm. should have. I will say we don't all have those values, but we should have them. Right. Um, and then Graceful is the most recent, just celebrated her first book anniversary. She came out February <laughs> 1st of last year. Yeah. And Graceful opens up dialogue on homelessness. Okay. And so, again, another topic that adults may find hard to, to bring up, but it's a reality. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was a real um, eye-opener for me when I realized that I held a prejudice against homeless people because of my ignorance, because of what mm-hmm. had not had been taught to me. And right. You know, the the framework that I came from thinking, well, you know, what are they addicted to or what have they done to right. merit right. that word people don't like. But um, yes. so as I learned that homelessness is children, is um, families, um, and that 
we need to talk to our kids about everything we have is a gift from God, everything. Mm -hmm. And God's gifts are meant to be shared. And so leveling the playing field and just giving a different approach to a topic that um, needs to be discussed that's relevant for today. So that's where my heart in all the books is topics that we need to be talking about that sometimes are awkward, um, giving conversation starters and giving representation. And it's been a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. (laughs) See, is she not perfect for this topic? So the topic that I put out to the world that I was like, I want to talk about how like just talking to our kids about racism Mm -hmm. and talking to our kids about how do we do this? Mm -hmm. Because as you said, in the nineties, when I was coming up that was my high school years, Mm -hmm. like you didn't talk about, we're all colorblind. Yes. There wasn't this celebration of diversity. Um, and, and still that, that goes on. Like even in the news Mm -hmm. yesterday, it just like stabbed my heart that, that this man was talking about in the school, how do we have, more racial diversity and and stop this sort of like abusive language and one of the parents spoke up mm-hmm. and said this racist comment I was like oh my god mm-hmm. I wanted to yeah. I was like it's I know still what you're about. Yep. yes Me too. the go back to Mexico mm-hmm. clip mm-hmm. that I was like are you serious mm-hmm. yeah what but you know what that says to me though is that y- these books are so needed because as adults yeah. we struggle yeah. And as adults, I think that there's also this um, shame in that, yes. that like we should know better, yes. but we don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Like um, Darina said about the homelessness, you know, like I understand that for a lot of white people, these conversations weren't happening mm-hmm. in their homes, and mm-hmm. so they don't feel equipped mm-hmm. to then have these conversations with their children. Um, and so that takes a level of like real humility and asking for help mm-hmm. and yeah. saying, where do I start? What do I do? Yeah, I need yep. to know better to mm-hmm, do better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's yep. so many, I feel like there's so many great resources to, what were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking as a mom, you know, if my young child was struggling with math, I would not just leave them in the struggle. Right. If I yeah. am not proficient I mean, enough, it out. I what? mean, right. I, you know, my kids, you know, math was not my favorite subject. So one of right. the joys of having multiple kids is that the older ones can help the next one because it was you yes. know they knew and you then when do that my kids just like oh gosh what? <laughs> yeah I have to just carefully um kind of manipulate it basically sometimes yeah. bribe it a little um yeah. it totally works um flatter them into talking about how brilliant they are you know <laughs> you're so smart you did so well in this you'd be perfect to help your sibling and then they go wow I'm so smart yeah and I just bribed you into helping with the math um but it, you know <laughs> Every parent I know, if their child is struggling with something, they're either, they don't know how to equip their child. They're going to figure out how to get resources. Is there a homework helpline? If they have resources to pay for tutoring or if it's provided at no charge, um, is there a neighbor or is there someone in my faith community, someone on my job, what have you? And so we will get those resources, as Tiffany mentioned, for everything else, but with these topics that are essential. I mean, you're talking life and death. You're talking about justice and real lived experiences of our own neighbors, you know, not people that are far away from us, but people who we interact with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just believe it's time for, it's time for the adults to do a better job. And and Mm -hmm. fathers like that who say that kind of ignorance, you know, that may have been not to excuse him at all, but you know, things are passed down from generation to generation. And so if your parents told you that 
set group of people were this way and that's the only education you got and that's all they knew. It yeah. was completely based on ignorance and lies. Mm -hmm. But then what do you do? Do you pass the same junk down to your kids or do yeah. you step back and say, okay, let me examine this. And that may be hard. I may realize that Granny was completely wrong. I may realize that my parents mm -hmm. were totally racist. And that's mm -hmm. hard, but yeah. that's a that's a part of all of our life journey, right? right. Your yeah. parents didn't teach you good financial principles, and you thought every paycheck you got fifty nine dollars, and you spent fifty eight. Then I mean, you know that might have happened. That might, I mean, hell, hello, <laughs> relevant <laughs> conversations with the yeah. sixteen year old looking for a job. Right. You examine like you can't you know, all this, and you have those conversations about opening a savings account and and a checking account and spending and debit cards and all of it. So yes. my point being. We resource our kids and teach them whatever we deem is important. And my goal and my heart is to say, these topics are essential. And let yes. me help you. Yes. Help you begin to do your own work. Yeah. You know. Um, and it's a, it really is a joy. I keep saying the word joy because you can see kids' eyes open. Mm -hmm. You see that kids want to get it. Um, they want to. They want to know how to interact with their friends. As you, mm -hmm. we were talking before we started about kids wanting yeah. to interact with. You know, this is just what they do. They they want to belong yes. and they want to, you know, hang out and um, and live and, and do all the things that we're created to do. So. They also want to categorize and sort. Have you noticed that? Like, my kids sort things. They do, but you know what? We teach them and that, too. too. We, I mean, I know, I know parents buy their kids all the puzzles, all the games. Like, we want them to be brilliant. We want them reading at age one, you know. Yeah. So we're <laughs> teaching them all the, you know, this goes with that. And so that's where I go, and yet you want to treat them as if they are so fragile when it comes to these other topics. Yeah. You know what I'm reading at age one, but thinking people are colorblind. Like, come right. on, we can do yeah. so much better. Like, we call them up in every other area. So it's time. Yeah, it's right. time to call them up here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had, uh, often it's, it's been my boys. They'll come home and say something off the cuff, and I'm like, hang on. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, but they... Because I didn't give them language, they invented other language sure. for kids of mm -hmm. color, and that came out sounding really racist. And I was like, "What? Mm. <laughs> oh, whoa! Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you some language. Right? Like, I'm going to teach you like how we talk. We don't call the kids in your skin in your co in your class who are African American the brown skins. Mm. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. like. But he just made up a word mm -hmm. that he thought, and I was like, "Oh crap! Yes." <laughs> You know, like, have you said this to anybody else? <laughs> like, let's educate you. Well, I love you, you know. saying that because that's such a relevant conversation yeah. with parents that if we don't give them language, we don't give them tools, right. then they will invent things. Or the other thing, which is so much more harmful, is they will pick up what they're absorbing in society. Yeah. So Somebody else will give them the words. Somebody else will awful. give them words and you know, some kids are saying words and they don't they don't know all the history behind those words. They're right. repeating. Yeah. Kids do that. I mean if we curse then they, they say curse. the same yeah. word and you're like, Oh, where'd you hear that? And you go, like, Oh, they yeah. heard it from me. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> they are they're they're watching us, you know, yeah. and okay. uh, whether we like it or not. And yeah. they're and they're they're sponges. They're taking in what they're absorbing in okay. society and um so it's just so important. Um, it's possible. I really believe we can impact kids yeah. for a greater good if we just take um, intentional steps and keep planting seeds one at a time. Mm -hmm. So is your next book going to be joyful? 
Well, I don't. I, right now, it's funny. I read. Just, another I read some kids to some kids, and they had all kinds of topic ideas about other full books that I could do. Sweet baby. Um, but no, I'm actually working on a couple of fun things now, uh, and just praying for the right open doors. Um, one particular project I'm excited about is the is centering the story of my maternal grandmother. Um, who was a part of the Great Migration. Oh, wow. And so that led to me having to do my own, um, not just learning more about her story. She's yes. been deceased for, you know, 10 years now. But so tell me what the Great that. Migration is, because not everybody will know. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was not taught about the Great Migration as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not there. surprised that yeah. a lot of people were not. But the Great Migration was um, a period in American history, decades long, mm -hmm. where... African Americans migrated from the South to the North. And um, one of the things that I learned um, was that there were very strategic routes that were taken. And so, for instance, in my family story, my grandmother was the first to migrate from very rural South Carolina to Washington, D.C. And so she was the trailblazer. Right. And um, these were things that I didn't know about her story really until she passed. You yeah. know, I had one frame of reference for her as a grandmother right. and really as a as an old woman who'd had a really tough life. Uh -huh. um, but that's just all I knew. Right. And so as I learned more about her mm -hmm. after she passed, um, and realized that she was I my mean, esteem. Just, I mean, <laughs> the courage that she had, yes. you know, um, to and move places, to move places, and not just that as a young black woman, but as a mm. young black woman who was divorced, wow, and yeah. who left her two children, my mother being one, to be mm -hmm. raised um, in the community that she came out of, while she trailblazed and moved to Washington D.C. Wow. So other relatives ended up going up to New York as well, but that migrating path um, to flee. Um, the horrors that were occurring in the South, you know, the yeah. lynching, the segregation. But but unfortunately what happened, and Isabel Wilkerson talks so eloquently about this in her book, The Warmth of Other Suns, it's don't let the, the thickness of it turn you off. <laughs> I know when I first thought I was like, oh my gosh. But it's a masterful, masterful work. Um, but it just illuminates that, you know, what they found in the North, um, that it was ideal it was an ideal that it would be a better, it would be a different son. It would be a different life. Mm, um, yeah. And what they found, unfortunately, for many, um, while they didn't have the same type of discrimination, it was just a different type. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't um, the ideal that they thought. Right. And um, so lots of modern day <clears throat> ramifications for that, redlining and... Yes. Um, you know, a lot of our, you know, yeah. government housing and, and just, you know, a, a lot of things that, that occurred. So anyway, it's it's such an important part of American history that is not taught. Yeah. Um, we kind of get the one, two, three complimentary black figures. <laughs> as if yes. They were all started slavery. In February to, only. Yep. February only. Maybe MLK, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and then that's pretty much Frederick it. Frederick Douglass. And... Yeah. So we've got to do our own. As a black woman, I've had to do my own work of yeah. learning my like my own family story and my family story in American history because yes. that was a part of American history not yeah. just black history you know black history is American history so yeah. um, can you say it again yes black history <laughs> is American history it is. and it's all of our it's all of our and kids want to learn these things they like there are oh. heroes in our families there are heroes in our communities um there are heroes 
in American history as a Christian, they're heroes in Bible history. Like, you know, yeah. there's so many people we can point them to whose courage can inspire them and can maybe even help shape their purposes, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm, I'm working on, um, and it's going to be a while because I've got to do more research with family in DC, but I'm working on a, a kid's version, whether it'll be a picture book or a chapter series, I'm not sure, but I think that will be my. After I do that, I'll be like, I'm done. I can go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) It'll take a while. (laughs) No, I'm grabbing my phone right now because I wanted to look up. Darina, you wrote an article that was so amazing, and I want this on the link also. Yeah. It was the. It was for Christianity Christianity Today, Today. and it was about the the Botham John. Um, Amber Geiger, the hug that was seen around yes. the world, and um, it was. This is. I think this is relevant. That's why I'm bringing this up. It it is, or, and it was really. It was interesting that it resonated so deeply with people, and I was honored that it was Christianity Today's sixth most read piece of the whole, whole year. year. And I was like, oh my, mm-hmm. oh my I'm gosh, like. Right what an honor, what an honor. Um, and it was really just an opportunity to say to people who were celebrating the hug that Brant this, this gave. Her. Read you read it. Read it. This <laughs> is who was in your living room. I read this. I was like, as soon as I was trying, I was like, I read this. I read it, yeah. I didn't know you then. There you that go. Was, that was me. Yes. That's so, yeah, amazing. just calling people to, you know. Yeah, forgiveness and justice. Like, you that can't. they go hand in hand. That yes. we're listening, we're watching this hug and going, this is so beautiful. But are you also yes. listening to, uh, and Brant's his own person. You know, I was not slamming yeah. him for, right. you Absolutely. know, what he what he felt he was to do. And there's lots of ramifications behind even that. But um, the cries of the mother, you know, yeah. I'm a mom. And yes. so I always am putting myself in the shoes of a mother because it's just, instinctive um especially losing a son because i have a son well and and the stereotype if i may real quick of the fact that black women have to be or assume to be um superhuman Mm -hmm. in strength yes and that you know we don't give space for grief or mourning or Mm -hmm. really like what that means Mm -hmm. to be a mother a human mother that's right not just a superhuman black woman Mm -hmm. who's strong Mm -hmm. which i think is is the white narrative of that that's right really seeing her humanity in the loss that's right well we just briefly like as an aside the whole like white white woman tears I was like, wait, I'm a white woman. I had to really think around that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, because I'm allowed to cry all the time. And I do. I'm mm-hmm. the weepiest, hot mess, mm-hmm. walking. But, like, to there's this thing where it feels like women of color were not allowed. Yes, that's, like, what, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. You were they not allowed be, to cry. Yes, like they you, should yes. Be. Of course you're calling out my white woman tears that are on display all the time because mm-hmm. you are not given yes. that space mm-hmm. that space to grieve. And we saw it again with Kobe Bryant. Yes. Yeah. And like, yes. but that was like, I saw that more in men, like really mm-hmm. talking about and grieving. I was like, man, mm-hmm. this yeah. public grieving mm-hmm. for, you know, and then mm-hmm. it's allowed. And I, I was kind of torn on the forgiveness too. I was like, yes, I know that, Maybe he needed to do that for his own soul, mm-hmm. but justice is mm-hmm. so needed. Well, and people like, you know, we nuance is hard. Layers are hard. Mm-hmm. People just want to take one thing and put they their finger on that. Out of and that is yeah. just, you know, so that was just so beautiful. He hugged her. Is that, mm-hmm. That's how we should all be. And I'm thinking, no, mm-hmm. put yourself in the Bajon family. 
Would you? Would you really mm-hmm. be able to hug the person right. that took your sibling's life? Like, how would yeah. you be able to do that? And, mm-hmm. you know, we all mm-hmm. kind of pause and, and think about that. And, again, I'm thinking as a mother, mm-hmm. as I listened to her speak, and I heard such wisdom, and I thought, mm. you know, if you're, if you're hailing this hug, please also hail the words right. of the mother. Listen to, yeah. And listen to what she's saying because yeah. her voice needs to be elevated just as high. And, again, not playing a mother and a son because their grief, every family's grief is going to look different right. and they have, they have the right to, right. to journey in grief the way they need to. Some right. will, will reconcile things faster and be in a different place and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, just the journey of, of justice, um, that we all, you know, we want to, we always want things to be easier for us, but not mm-hmm. for other people. And right. Right. Anyway. Give me mercy. Give them justice. Yes. So I'm trying to tie this thread together, and the reason I brought that up is because I, when I saw Darina write that article knowing the books that I read my children from you, I thought, oh, yes, Jesus. (laughs) Like, this, um, this is a letter to the adults that we need. And I think that that's something I really want to encourage of your listeners, that yes, these books for your children are so important, and buy them and read them and memorize them and know them, have them out in your house. But don't just celebrate the hug. Do the work. Look for the justice. Look, you know, we have to, as adults, um, look for a safe place to have that conversation. You know, like do the self-reflection and the why am I so uncomfortable having this conversation? Yes. What what were the biases that I learned growing Mm -hmm. up and where are they playing out and what am I subconsciously or unconsciously teaching my kids about this? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And those are, you know, you have to have intentionality with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not just going to happen. Well, and to plug your ears and close your eyes and pretend like that we don't have them, that all of us don't have them. Like whether we're super aware of them and confronting them mm-hmm. or they're just shaping our life in our day I'm very like I'm very aware that my brain goes and pops up a thought and I'm like take listen right (laughs) like I have to contain that thought and say I know brain that you had an experience a long time ago that makes this particular situation make you feel fear right but this situation you're not there I'm parenting like my little inner self Mm -hmm. who has these biases because she wants to stay safe because she had these experiences as a child or as a as a as a young adult, I'm I'm parenting that part of me through those those biases and to confront them and to like shine a light and say, yeah, my husband and I had a conversation about. I said I really want to talk about this thing that keeps happening to my brain, and he was like, yes, I have these like racial like these thoughts that come up and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm secretly a racist. I'm like, I'm not, it's a, it's an old bias that my brain attached onto Mm -hmm. and said, we need to stay safe and we weren't safe in this one time. Mm -hmm. So I need to stay safe now. So that applies going forward to all things and not really saying no, you know, but if you, if you hold on to the, if I hold Mm -hmm. on, I'm not to speak for anybody else. If I hold on to that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it will continue to color my entire life. Absolutely. And how I raise my kids. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah. do you know what this, we recently in our Be the Groovage group um, talked about this, but the most amazing thing that God did about our brain is that 
there's this thing called neuroplasticity mm-hmm. where you can literally rewire your brain. Mm-hmm. So those experiences that you had, right? Mm-hmm. You can say, okay, I had one, okay, say you were mugged or robbed and it was a Latino man, right? Mm-hmm. And so now, anytime you come into a Latino man, your brain is triggered to that right. experience. Yes. Well, you can intentionally seek out relationships and experiences and exposures and read and, and basically rewire your brain yeah. to say, like, that is not this. Yes. Um, Amen and hallelujah. Yes, <laughs> amen and hallelujah. <laughs> that is, there are so many areas of trauma, you know, yeah. that God says, this is not it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can um, re, rewire your thinking mm-hmm. and um, have glory can still be had in yes. this. And I think to me, there's so much freedom in that to say, um, I didn't know. Yeah. Or I made a mistake. Or um, I didn't even care to know, to be honest. It wasn't on my radar, you know? I feel like that a lot um, in regards to disability. And now it's in my, it's my whole world, you know? And so... It's the water you're swimming in. Yeah, same with adoption, same with race. You know, we know what we know and we don't, the things we don't. And so I think being able to say that and then say... um, what a beautiful opportunity that we do have Black History Month. I have regrets that it's... Only a month. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but embrace it. Right. Take it and make the most of it. Yeah. And then let it extend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. extend beyond. <laughs> because that's the beauty of learning. That's and right. the curiosity of children yes. is never ending. Never <laughs> ending. If you go <laughs> if you start it, and it, it shouldn't. And neither right. should ours. Like right. curiosity is such an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's such a wonderful opportunity. And and that's why I love I love being around kids. I mean my my youngest is sixteen now, but being with, you know, preschoolers and reading and they're wiggling and they're asking questions or they're looking at my earrings and they're, you know, seeing what color polish I have on my nails, you know, just the silliest little things. But they, um, it just reminds me that they want to learn and that there's so much opportunity to grow. And I think that's why it's great for us to be like children in that, to stay, um, curious where we're willing to ask questions and and ask those questions of ourselves first, Mm -hmm. you know, to say, okay, what am I, what am I missing in this narrative, or what am I not seeing, or where, where, where am I ignorant? Like yes. those are hard things for us, but right. what a great thing to model. And I always tell parents, talk to your kids about your own journey of learning. Right. You know, I was telling my daughter about reading the Great Migration. She was asking about it, and I was telling her things that I was learning from the book and they were just, I mean, I'm reading the book and highlighting every other sentence because it's just <laughs> profound and, you know, you're swept into the story of, you know, these these people from all over the South who moved and, and had such different trajectories and experiences. But um, to use that as an opportunity to tell her why I cared to read that particular book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and to inspire her to think about, well, what am I curious about and how yeah. can I, you know, how can we go to the library and check out a book about that? Or how can I continue on my journey of learning um, through, 
you know, Google or through museum trips or through whatever, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. resources that we need to seek out. And there are plenty. Yeah. They are plenty readily available for us um, if we're just willing to um, to do the work. And so I really I think curiosity is an essential element in regards to, you know, doing justice work and really shaping for our kids um, and, and even letting their curiosity cultivate those open-ended questions, you know, well, tell me about that. Well, what, what are you thinking about? You know, mm-hmm, get into, mm-hmm. inside of their mind and, and the why, um, so that we're answering the questions that, that they're asking and then using those as a springboard to right. continue to plant, again, those little seeds. I mean, you, you know, when they're three years old, it's not the time for a big old heavy sit down and let's <laughs> talk about, <laughs> let's talk about you know, all the ways. In the course Ooh. of playing, I mean, I've got people in our church whose kids are in, preschool and 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 kindergarten and you know these sweet beautiful children are being told horrible things on the playground of school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe their parents are teaching them um explicitly racist things at home that's yeah. very possible mm-hmm. it's also possible that their parents have just not had any conversations because they they think colorblindness is the right approach. So right. Mm-hmm. if you talk about race, it's divisive. Yes. Um, but what they've done is left their child open to either repeat something that they heard from someone else. Maybe they, again, heard it from yeah. a grandparent or a relative or, you know, all of these sources. We don't know every conversation that's being had around our children every <laughs> 24 hours Right. A day, unless they're with us 24 hours, seven days, all the oh, time. I need a minute. You know, I need <laughs> most parents, I mean, even if you're homeschooling them, you know, they're playing outside, they're, you know, at the they're, library, yeah, they're, they're in, in other stuff. settings. And yeah. so it's just so critically important that we are um, just just taking every opportunity to plant a seed and making sure that, that we are asking questions. And, and for those kids at our church, I was grateful that they have community. You know, you've got to have the Tiffany's in your life and you've got to have the people who can come alongside and say, you know, I'm sorry that, that, that your child had that experience. Yes. And I I know as a parent, you're doing all the work you can to affirm them and even say, oh, here's a great book that would be great to just affirm Mm -hmm. your child who's experienced that racism. Mm -hmm. And maybe even say to parents who aren't having conversations, here's some resources that you could not only read to your children, but you as an adult doing yeah. your own work to help mm-hmm. yourself be empowered and courageous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, enough to plant those seeds so your kids don't regard racial difference as something negative. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's different. Right. You know, that they don't assign negativity to the difference. Same with disability. Yes. Right. That child's legs work differently. There must be something wrong. No, right. there's a difference. But if mm-hmm. you've not talked about it, then they're pointing and saying something, you yes. know, janky oh, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And well, and my kid will be the first with his autism. He will say whatever comes to his mind <laughs> yeah. when he sees something. Yes. So yeah. we have a lot of God makes people in all different shapes, sizes, mm-hmm. colors, mm-hmm. abilities, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. What do you think God is saying about this person right now? That's what right. What could you be saying? Yeah. And even the, when we're doing the best we can, because I had some of my – Children were quite precocious, and I know I was doing my best to do the work. And yet, and still, you know, they're yes. just—they're going to say and do they're it. They're going to run do. ahead. And you use those as teachable opportunities. You yeah. know, I've had so many families tell me, "Please let your kids approach me and approach my kids. Like, don't 
turn them away and try to, well, you know, like right. we're, we're human and we yes. want to engage. And my child that has a visible difference that your child is just pointed out or said yeah. something about, you know, they're human and let's, let's use this as an opportunity to engage yeah. instead of, um, you know, attaching yeah. a shame that not, not only impacts your child who said something, but it negatively impacts yeah. my right. child as well. Right. But a lot of that comes to, a, does the child have a point of reference? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if this is yep. the first time they're being exposed mm-hmm. and they're being shamed, shh, you know, mm-hmm. whereas yes. they see somebody in a wheelchair. Um, Why does he get say, wheels, man? Right, or, you know, and to be able to say like, oh, they have a pink wheelchair like Miss Catherine, or oh, this is like the book that we read, or you know, mm-hmm. like if yeah. you open that up to, you know, sadly, a lot of the point of references that our children are exposed to in terms of African Americans mm-hmm. are not positive. Only right. recently, mm-hmm. only recently, do children have superheroes right. that look like them yes mm-hmm. not just the villains right right mm-hmm. yes. um and i could say for a lot of our peers growing up that was not the case mm. yeah you know so i think if we're not intentional the lines that we're being fed the stereotypes that are playing out um if you don't have relationships that's what you know yeah and so to be able to move from a stereotype of a culture to an appreciation of a culture takes a lot of work. Yeah. It takes relationship. It, it takes intentionality. So, you know, I don't blame anyone for not knowing or getting it. Mm-hmm. I will say as an adult, we have responsibilities, right? right. Especially if we're raising children. Right. So, Well, and that, I want to say too, like curiosity is the bypass of fear, so when you encounter a new thing, if you're immediately afraid of it, you won't go any further than that place. Right. But being curious, being curious, like we talk about that with when our kids feel big things. I'm like, let's get curious about why this big emotion is coming up right now. Like, mm, I like that. Being curious like that about, mm-hmm. like, rather than like, why do you feel this way? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, why are you doing? Like. Let's be curious about. Now let me tell you. I'm gonna use that, Ariana. I'm gonna use that. I come come off as an amazing. You might need to call my husband about this curiosity. (laughs) He's gonna have some curiosity about some of my big emotions. I'm sure. (laughs) By no means do I like pull this tool out of my tool belt with the regularity I would want to. But like, it was something that like a mother who has older children than mine and my therapist have said like let's be curious about rather than like stuff it down and shame and yeah. I can't feel this way and what's wrong with me mm. yes. so being curious about like what is causing this trauma is mm. there a moment is there a, a history is mm. there a um is there something that happened that you know is there a, a frame of reference and going right. back to that and really like addressing that mm. and there may be nothing there may be like a memory from a playground or, you know, something that happened it, as a kid. It may have to be. I want to yeah. just tell people, there may doesn't have to be a personal experience. Yeah. The world around us, the the predominant white culture mm-hmm. has been enough yeah. to have just passively grown up and lived your life yeah. and to have these implicit biases and I'm going to, this is going to be white supremacy basically is right. what I'm saying I'm yes. not calling everybody a white supremacist I'm saying that not because okay. of our predominantly right. white culture um, 
African Americans are not culturally appreciated. Right. They are stereotyped. Right. And in very negative ways. Yes. And our lack of acknowledging our true American history, the the ways that they are not included in that. Yes. Is very telling about how we have come to this colorblind right. silence. Yeah. And how we it's gonna it takes work. It, does. it takes work to get to a point. You have to wade through like Wow, we want better for our kids. Everybody always does. We yeah. want better for our kids. Well, and the, and I want to say as, as as an and also that we as Tiffany and I who white or look white, right? White passing, know, white yes. passing, a white, white Latina, if white you will. Latina, yes, and or but we like we have the luxury, right? Or have had the luxury, the privilege. Yes, this is not something I feel like a lot of African American or Latino families or any other like. Middle Eastern families get the luxury of not addressing. Absolutely. Like, you're experiencing this. We need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a luxury that I had probably until the last, I mean, yeah, when I moved into this neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, I it wasn't, like, right here all the time right. in my face. I mean, it was in high school, but like, right. then I felt differently about it. That was pre-traumatic events, and I felt differently about it. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, having to confront it every day, every day, mm-hmm. every day. Like, this this does not equal that. And, I, I mean, recognizing that I have that, um, what's the privilege? White privilege, I have, the, I have yeah. that privilege of not having done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, I like, part of my responsibility is to do the work, to use yes. my privilege for, to forward Absolutely. <laughs> yes. You know what, Ariana? Yes. That, I think that's, I've talked with a lot of white people, and we go through, um, there's another resource I'm going to send you. <laughs> Every time I leave here, you have like, like 50 lists. lists. 50 books but to read. The, why I love, why, listen, why I love Be the Bridge so much is that for We haven't talked about what that is, by we the do. way. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. For people that want help and who want to do the work, yeah. this is the best resource yeah. that I have found, in, yeah, my, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an amazing resource called um, Be the Bridge 101 which is basically for white people. Um, I mean, obviously you can do it mm-hmm. either way, but yeah. like it's, it's basically, it, it's the four W's are white identity, white fragility, white privilege, and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And it basically is going to lead you through all of those areas and you're going to have acknowledgement, awareness, lament, shame, guilt. You're going to go through all the stages, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you actually go through the stages, you're going to come out with and ready to be empowered to use that privilege to mm-hmm. actually help be the change and bring justice, yeah. right? Because that's the amazing thing that I've seen with a lot of white allies is that Oh, now you know how to harness your yeah. power and privilege, yeah. and actually go back to the system right. and begin the dismantling, yeah. and not just sitting in a spiral of guilt and shame. And it's it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know. Where yeah. do we start? But to actually do the work, the yeah. hard, hard, necessary work, it is um, to have a safe place to do it mm-hmm. with other mm-hmm. people who are encouraging you in yes. that and yes. holding you accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really beautiful thing. And I think that 
I would never know how to do this, how to start, how to do it on my own um, without people and this resource and Jesus, to be totally honest, um, because that's not in my flesh to be that loving Mm -hmm, Um, or forgiving. Thank you. I'm raising children of color. But um, I think that I get really excited when I see people that are on this journey and knowing um, they're going back to their spheres of influence and challenging. What are the media resources that I am reading and listening to every day? How are they shaping my opinions and perspectives on the world? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like I don't have a single African-American voice speaking into what's going on in the world. Right. What is that saying to me? You know, Um, that's not me personally. I'm just saying that. And I want to, I want to, like, I want to kind of wrap up with hope too. Like um, this as for I, you guys are all moms, and you know what it's like to have little kids mm-hmm. and to feel like you're up to your eyeballs mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. You're like, now you're gonna give me one more thing? What? <laughs> so now I have to address this? What? Like there was a my first kid, like we did flashcards. Second kid, we did not do flashcards. <laughs> because you did flashcards. I could not cope anymore. <laughs> yeah. Once the second one came along, uh-huh. I was like, oh my god, we're yeah. all gonna die. The yeah. third one came along, there were no flashcards left. Nothing. They were shredded. Yes. Like so. And this intentionality, I feel like, you know, for a lot of moms who have young kids who are in a season where Mm -hmm. it feels like you're like, I'm already up to my eyeballs and now you're going to tell me that I have to get curious about my white privilege and I have Mm -hmm. to dig into all this mess and I have to really address this and face this and talk about it with It feels like for people who don't Mm -hmm. have to deal with it on a daily basis, it feels like one more job. Right. I'll be truthful. Like, if you had told me that when my kids were... um, four, two, and zero, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, her? can I just keep them alive Wait, today? I, d- I just have to say, though, but this is your white privilege right. speaking. Exactly. I have to, I have exactly. to press into that, Arna, because as a mother of children of color, that is not an option for yeah. me. And that's what I'm exactly saying. Like, yeah. this is, this, that was an option for me then. And so I know that listeners are out there saying, you're going to give me another job. Yeah. But also, also, that that we had, as white listeners, or white parents, had the privilege of not having to do that. Absolutely. And now, so it's, absolutely. now it's time to do it. And even mm-hmm. if it's like, read your kid a book mm-hmm. that yes. is written mm-hmm. by Miss yeah. Lovely mm-hmm. Dorena Williamson, mm-hmm. and or like talk about this in school, or talk right. about this oh, at home. Listen, or, Be the Bridge is intense. Not everybody has the time right? <laughs> to do that in this season right, right now. Right. Yeah. Make, make the time at some point. But not right now, maybe, <laughs> is what I'm saying, right? Yes, right. But yes. we all have a Netflix show, yes, we all have right? Netflix show. That's right. We all have a, a trip to Target in us, yes. whether it's needed or not. We're yes. going to spend an extra 20 minutes or so, right? So there are resources. Yes. There are podcasts. There are books. There, there are. are books on tape or Audible That's or whatever. Right. That's right. Yes. There, are, there are ways to be yes. intentional. Mm-hmm. That don't require twelve weeks, two hours every week. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, that's I'm not right. saying go get your ways. master's degree. I'm saying like, absolutely, pick up a book at the library and read it for ten minutes. Right. If you're reading to books your- to your children, are there author of color? Are there yes. authors of color? Are there? Um, what games are you playing with? What shows are your kids watching? Are they? Yeah. You know, what do the heroes look like? What mm-hmm. are the What are the right. stereotypes that they're interpreting right now? Mm-hmm. You yes. know, mm-hmm. who yes. are their friends? How diverse are your extracurricular activities? There are lots of ways we can be intentional. Yeah, I'm thinking. 
Yeah. One step, one step at a time and yeah. one seat at a time. I mean, yeah. it may be as simple as the day that you hear this podcast that you go, okay, let me go and look at our library and see our home library and see um, what books are written by people of color. Yes. What books have representation that's not just a white person or an animal because right. that's what has yes. predominated children's white book publishing. Animals, right? you know, white people and animals. And so, um, and if, if there are none, you have none, then that's something you can do within the next day or two is get to the library, get to your kid's library. Don't school. go to the library. You know? Go to Drina's web- website <laughs> and order order all three, but at least colorful. Yes, okay. order all three or at least colorful. Absolutely. Well, and But, you know, again, yes. to pick up, you know, what Tiffany was saying, um, you know, we all Google. We research something virtually mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, our homes now, we all have access to some format of right. communication, whether it's on our phone and the pickup line or what have you. Um, yeah. And so it's just when you, you know, when you begin to open up the awareness, it continues to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, you know, our, our culture is becoming more multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a reality. We like it beautiful. or not. I it's beautiful. It. I'm here for it. Yes. Yes. Um, so your children are going to grow up in a society where there are more people of color. Correct. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we either join the bandwagon or stay behind and, yes. and we all suffer the consequences, you yes. know? Um, so just planning, I like to use the illustration of seeds. You know, we're in that winter season right now where it's kind of dismal and we don't see lots of flowers blooming and all of that, you know, but there's important work that's being developed mm-hmm. underground, mm-hmm. outside of our 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 eyes, you know, ability to see. Right. We we know that and, and we can think about that in regards to discussions like this about race and about justice. Yes. About planting seeds one at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a faithful work. Anyone that's in agriculture and I do not have a green thumb, <laughs> but <laughs> I do understand that okay. it takes vision to say, you know, I want to plant a seed because I want something to grow. Right. Well, where are you going to plant it and how are you going to tend to it? You know, the same way with these kind of conversations. Yeah. Plant a seed. You know, a children's book is a great way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. even choices about your family's activities. Yes. If right. you go out to eat ever, and most of us do at some point, right. maybe not daily, but at some point. You know, Tiffany's been a great resource for me because there's not as many options in the area that I live of restaurants that are owned by people of color. And so right. when I've come to Nashville, yeah. I said, Tiffany, direct me to some restaurants that are, right. you know, black owned or owned by people of color. Other friends have helped. So, uh, you know, it's posturing yourself even as a responsible adult to say, if I'm going to go to a coffee shop, is there one by a person of color? Mm-hmm. I asked my friend who lives close to many and she said, oh, here's a list. Choose mm-hmm. one. Yeah, there's a bunch. You know? <laughs> and so it's simple as <laughs> small things like that. Yeah. Looking up yeah. activities yeah. that your family can go to. If uh, you're, plug for United you know? Street Tours by Chiquita Patterson. Yes, yes. United yeah. Street Tours. Amazing. Yeah. Street Tours. We're going to have a link for you. Yes. Um, by Chiquita <laughs> Patterson. It's knowing the local Nashville history, the yeah. African-American history in Nashville. And it's yeah fascinating and she mm-hmm. is amazing she is amazing she's amazing and, and those are family friendly tours so many of tours. our towns have um if they don't have a united street tour they they may have a cultural museum or there may be activities mm-hmm. or exhibits that travel through yes. it's just taking 
a few minutes yes. beginning again plant a seed and then plant another seed and then yeah. build on that seed and plant another seed yeah and and next thing you know you're you are doing the good work and most importantly you are helping your children do the good work okay. and i love casting vision for what this could look like if we raise up mm. little warriors who know that differences do not divide us, that differences are not bad, they are right. good, that have I points of reference that. because we have intentionally as parents cultivated community mm -hmm. where our children are in school, where they go to activities, where they worship, where we shop, where they are experiencing community with people who are not just like them so right. they don't think the world is just like them. Right. And we get to do that. So mm -hmm. that responsibility is on parents. Mm -hmm. And and it's hard. It's hard to unpack your own journey and realize the brokenness and realize and be the bridge. I echo amazing resource. I mm -hmm. love Latasha Morrison. Love the good work. Mm -hmm. um, but for people who may not be able to join something like Be the Bridge, um, just those steps of, of considering your own racial journey, your own mm -hmm. story, um, acknowledging the things that you've been taught that were were junky, yeah. mm -hmm. um, that were wrong, that, that stereotyped groups of people. Uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. And then deciding that, and it takes courage, but we stand, and I say we, we stand mm -hmm. on the shoulders of a lot of people who sacrifice yes. so much. More than time. You know, <laughs> I mean, and again, in Black History Month, I'm thinking about, you know, the sit-ins that mm -hmm. students here in Nashville, students in Greensboro, students all over oh, the country yes. did, where they said, you know, we should be able to eat in, a, in an environment where we are treated as human. Right. Our dollars are green like anybody else's. Right. Um, you know, I think of courageous moms who walked their children into school <laughs> Knowing that their children would be ridiculed and that signs would be held up decrying their children as less than right. human because right they wanted to get an education. So teach these stories to your kids yes. and learn them for yourself mm -hmm. and, and choose, make the choice, again, plant a seed for yourself that you will um, be a part of making a difference. And yeah. we can do it. Yeah. We, can. we can do it. Mama bears, papa bears, grandparents, <laughs> yes, aunties can. and uncles. Yes. We all, we can do it. We yeah. just need to take each step at a time. Yes. Yeah. Be the Bridge has some great resources to do one-on-one, -on -one, like as an individual. If you yeah. don't commit to like an, a long group or something, yeah. it's a great resource to yeah. do a self-assessment check. There's yeah. a lot of great stuff on there. That's going to be, I'm, there's going to be like so many links, guys. So many links. <laughs> In awesome. the show notes, you're gonna have to like be like. Links click are opportunities. It's good. Links yes. are opportunities. It's right. <laughs> Get curious. That's yes. right. That's I'm right. Curious about this and keep and, learning. Yes, and this I'm hoping um, that this will be a part. I've got a couple other people who want to come and talk about it too. Herb Bailey, Yay. who now lives in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and then um, another mom who is also raising. Uh, Transracial, she has transracially adopted children as yeah. well. So Beautiful. I'm hoping the conversation will just continue because Beautiful. it's so it's so important. Like I, I mean, I, there there I was at um, we put our kids in hockey. Yes, I <laughs> and saw. I was like, this is the whitest sport ever. <laughs> like we thought we have seen one person of color. One that go. I was like, wow. <laughs> Yeah. There was like one of an adult, and then like mm -hmm. another mama walked in, and I was like, "She's the only person of color in this whole Listen, PK building." Was more wow. than just and I was like, amazing. "Hey, mama, wow!" <laughs> like wow. we just struck up a conversation, mm -hmm. and we talked. I mean, it's like four weeks, but I was mm -hmm. like, "This is the," and it's a great sport. My boys are crazy about it, mm -hmm. 
and it's ridiculously expensive and very elitist. Then I'm like, how? We're only doing it because the predators offer all these pre free programs to mm-hmm. teach that sucker you in to buy all this <laughs> gear and put your kids on teeth. But like thinking about that, like how my kids, even how they're being exposed to like what they're doing right now at nine and six, that they're like, oh, they don't see any other kids that are different than them on this ice, except for one little boy. Mm-hmm. This one little boy. My he's wearing, you know, masks. I can't really see him. But it, thinking about that, and it's just so, like, small things like that, that I, I'm like, huh, we really should look into not exclusively putting our kids in sports that are for white kids. <laughs> what? But I, I love that this, and these conversations are percolating in your mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again, as parents, as we're raising our kids, you know, I know friends who drive to another part of town because they want their children's, you know, basketball or soccer leagues to um, have more racial diversity, right. you know. And again, those are choices that, that we make as parents. We might, yeah. you know, seek to shift the one day a week of our work schedule so that we can get yeah. our kid to that activity. And, you know, we would do it for anything else. So, again, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to take sacrifice. It does. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't willing to make those steps is because it will require sacrifice. sacrifice. Right. But sacrifice is always for a greater good. It's so true. It's going to cost one way or the other. Yeah. That's what I tell people. It either is going to cost you now or it's going to cost you later. Or you it's going to cost like, the people that you hurt. That's what I'm saying. Later, like, too. There's going to be, this there's is so important. Yeah. That it has to be a priority and there has to be intentionality. It's like teaching your kids kindness. Yeah. You either, <laughs> there's yeah. going to be a cost there. Mm-hmm. You know, you take mm-hmm. the time to explain it and mm-hmm. reiterate. And, mm-hmm. It's a pain in the butt. Why right. can't you just get this? <laughs> yep. Right, but we Why keep do I have to doing teach you? it. Yes, yeah. yes. I'm not going to teach you this one time and be like, and off you go. You should get this. Yep. Yeah. We don't always get it one time. Yeah. Right. Hello. Well, Hello. I have to say, just like <laughs> right. a small thing I noticed in Nashville, just in Nashville, if you're in Nashville, um, seeking out libraries that are in areas where people of color live like if you go over to the Bordeaux library mm-hmm. it's like books and books and books where kids of color are represented and I'm like I've never seen all these books in the Inglewood library well I'm like yeah. we're gonna pop over to Bordeaux like but and, and just subtle things like that that I think you know the government metro the library system kind of tries to cater to their audience rather than like let's have all this all over the place mm-hmm. and, I will I will say that last February at the main library, I was in the children's section and asked why they didn't have a display for Black History Month. Mm, yeah. And the children's librarian told me it was in January. And I said, oh, that's MLK's birthday. Uh-huh. Um, but February is Black History Month. And yes, so you guys should consider putting out some books with authors of color or main characters. And um, they had no idea. So I think that is very... Um, how do you miss you that? Know, in 2019. Well, yeah. And I, I think it is, you know, yes. Yes. If you is don't what know I'm better, to say. when you know better, it's, do better. It's, it's very when much you know better, like what like, is the culture one. that you're catering yeah. to? Who are the people in charge? Right. Um, right. And if there's no one at that main library who speaks into the displays for the children's section except for one or two people who themselves do not have any. To have no frame of reference that right. 
you know, MLK day, one day a year, January 15th is not the only time that you can have someone of color. (laughs) Right. And February is Black History Month. Right. Which is wonderful. We're grateful for Carter G. Woodson and for Negro History Week becoming Black History Month. Month, But that concentration doesn't have to end in February. It should carry out. But at least, at the very least, least, we at least get some February concentration. (laughs) But again, systemically, like, you know, you have to ask those questions. And and those things are, they're super indicative. And for Tiffany to be willing to say to her, instead of walking away and going, I can't believe, say, you know, let me, and it should, it's not your job. You it's not, not have, my job. You but should not have had to do that. That's never my problem either, though. <laughs> and, but, you know, it takes that. And I want to say that to, to listeners that, yeah. that you know, it, it, it may be you saying to the librarian, your local librarian or the librarian right. at your kid's school, have you thought of, because sometimes it's, it right. is, it's ignorance. Right. And as much as, you know, we want to, oh, I can't believe 2019. Yeah. Okay, but you know what? Some people are still ignorant. So it's, it's not, not my job to educate Especially if they but, never had a Black History Month celebrated in right. their school right. or in their home or in right. their, you know, like, I get it. Um, and she was so sweet. She immediately started looking up books and asked me, like, what, what you know, <laughs> I was like, well, you do have an African-American section back here. You could pull some and, like, yeah. p- put them out. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. But yes, the so library, little little. the WISE, the rec centers, going yes. to different communities, um, going outside your um, cultural norms, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would encourage. Those are great ways. Great, great ways. So yeah. important. Well, ladies, I just want to thank you for being willing and coming and there's going to be so much for everybody to read. Like, we're going to read and read and read and read all the books. Um, I'm just so grateful for your willingness to, to talk about this topic because it's on my heart a lot. Yeah. And um, I know it's on y'all's. And I'm just, I think there's there's so much more to be said about it in a hopeful way. Like, this, don't feel like as listeners that you're like, oh, crap. Now I have, ugh. You know, it's, it's that we're being... That we're being um, encouraged to like, let's look at this. Let's do this. Let's do better. Let's and as moms, we love our kids to do better, and we love mm-hmm. them to know better and um, achieve things and and understand things and grow and learn and and this is just part of that for me. So I'm really yes, grateful right. that you guys yeah are kind of, came and, and I, were part I want of this to say one last thing as a yes. white Latina, I do want to say um, be encouraged because I think. What I believe is that we are called and capable mm-hmm. to do this work yeah. of loving our neighbors, um, especially loving our neighbors as ourselves, especially the ones that are not like us as right. well. Right. Called and capable. Yes. Amen. Say it, sister. Yeah. That's why I love. That's why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you guys go check out Darina's um, website. What's it called? Darina Williamson.com. Darina Williamson.com. And go check out her books and be a part of this little conversations in your house. And hopefully they'll grow in these big, beautiful ways. And I think it's just such, I'm so grateful that y'all are here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Bye.